and visionaries today. Our honored guest is one of San Antonio's premier comedians and co-owner of San Antonio's first Black-owned comedy club, one of seven in the United States, who wields his simplistic yet hilarious style of comedy as a tool to teach and transport audiences through the ebbs and flows of life, who also lends his gifts as a skilled MC to humanitarian efforts, hosting fundraiser events for the community, and starting his own Comedy for the Goods Foundation shows to feed needy families. Bobby Smith, the fourth, a.k.a. B. Smitty, with us in the power plant today. How you living? Good, good. Glad to be on here. Glad to have you. All right, let's get plugged in. We're charged with two things. One, the discovery of our gift, and two, the responsibility to share that gift with the world. And right now, there's somebody who's buried underneath the weight of a false narrative that they believe about themselves, and they're going to see this, and they're going to say, I can relate to his story because he is from where I am at. And I'm not talking about a geographical location. I'm talking about a mindset, a set of circumstances. Then they're going to know that this man here successfully navigated his way out of a place that I cannot see my way out of. So Bobby Smith the fourth, AKA B Smitty, this is your hour to amp the people up with the power of your story. So let's electrify them. It's not gonna be one of those uh, podcasts where I get emotional and I start crying and it's like open. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, bro. Okay. <laughs> and we will accept anything that you got to give to us. So question okay. number one, uh, knowing what you know now, what would you tell the 18-year-old version of yourself? And could you give us a glimpse into that young man's life? That's a good question. Um, so at 18, uh, you know, I would tell him that you don't know everything. You know, take the time to listen instead of, um, you know, instead of talking. You know, take advantage of people that's already done it. And, um one, I mean, listen to my pops. He was the one, the main one that was, you know, saying a lot of stuff. And, you know, I thought I knew everything. So I felt like, you know, I could have probably avoided some obstacles, you know, if I listened more at 18. Gotcha. What was going on in your life at 18? Could you give us a picture of, of what you were going through? Uh, yeah, just you know, like most 18 year olds trying to figure it out, um, you know, college. You know what? What am I trying? What am I going to college for? Because um, I mean, I, I still didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I just, you know, I was just kind of dabbling around in things. So when I went to college, my mindset wasn't for college. I, was, gotcha. you know, I, I still had the high school mindset. I would go into classes, waiting for the school bell to ring. You know, I guess it ain't no school bell. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I felt like I, I would have probably. With the mindset I have now, I would have been really, really good in college if you know if I knew exactly what I wanted to do then. But nobody, nobody really ever knows. Most people don't know. Some people do. That's right. Wow. Um, can you 
tell us the story of how you discovered your gift. Oh, okay. Um, I think I saw it like at an early, early, early age, probably like around like six or seven um, is when I, like I, I can remember a moment where I, I got like a, a high <laughs> as a kid um, from a, getting attention. You know, I was really, I'm still a shy person, but I was a really, really shy kid that didn't really know how to, um, you know, how to make, you know, have a presence. And I just remember um, sometimes just kind of saying something that made everybody laugh, like, uh, or just doing a character. And, um, you know, I started just trying to, like, have my own show at early ages. Like, like I was, like, Arsenio Hall was who I used to try to emulate all the time. And, um you know, I saw people was paying attention to this little kid thinking he's Arsenio Hall or different characters. So that that kind of uh, let me know that I was an entertainer. And from that moment on, I kept being told that, oh, you're an entertainer. You're an entertainer. So that kind of stuck with me at an early age. Wow. Yeah. And then I, I didn't really become a class clown until uh, probably, you know, more more junior high, probably more fifth and sixth grade. I, I like I knew that I could do it. Like I knew that I could captivate uh, people's attention and and make people laugh. But I was never I never felt I was malicious. I always felt like when I was making people laugh, it was for a purpose. Was like man, it just seemed like people are not having anxiety or they you know everybody's tight. So if I do this, do something out the norm, it's gonna kind of bring people, make people loosen up, and it's gonna make this class a lot better. That's that's very unique. That's very unique because I remember, you know, a lot of the class clowns and people that when I was coming up, a lot of it was it was malicious. It was to get a laugh by dogging somebody else out. And the fact that that it kind of, you know, shows your heart, even as a kid, like your whole purpose for making people laugh was to make them relax and 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 just be themselves. That that's awesome. That's and, awesome. And for myself too, you know, I have anxiety or, you know, I'm I'm not comfortable with new people or whatever. So if I kind of do something crazy, it kind of like, you know, it helps me fit in. There you go. See, I love it. I love it. Can you tell us the story of when you felt you had the responsibility to share that gift with the world? Hmm. Um I hate job interviews. I'm kidding. Um, when, <laughs> when I felt I had the responsibility to share the gift with the world, man, that's, that's, that's deep. Um, I don't know. I mean, because I, I, I teach defensive driving, so that was one of the first main jobs I got when I, when I got out of high school because I started doing open mic comedy, and then I found a job where they hired comedians to teach defensive driving. Wow. And, um, I just kind of jumped into that, not realizing how big of a blessing it was going to become in my life because that actually helped me become a better comedian a lot faster. I was able to do, you know, kind of play off of different people easier because I was so used to doing it in class. But it started becoming like an ongoing thing in my class where people would stay after class and tell me how much they needed that laugh. Like, you know, I guess sometimes when it rains, it pours and you start you know, things start going bad, and then you yeah. get a traffic ticket, and people, a lot of people just be coming in class real bad, and, I mean, feeling real bad, and 
like the, my class would be so laid back and uh you know i would they would feel so good at the end of class like man i really needed that like it's like man i got this ticket for a reason because you know i just dealt with this i haven't had somebody told me they hadn't laughed in so long like a year or something and like they just needed that coming to the class they never would have went to a comedy club or anything so that's when i realized like all right like you know people need this like i, I would i would do this for free wow that right there that is the power. I hope y'all are listening. So this just something that just came natural to you that you said, I would do this for free because of how it helps people. Yeah. That that right there, that is unique. It, it just captures, again, it's showing the essence of who you are. Um, how did you make belief reality? Like you saw this vision of yourself and like you created this vision and you made it happen. How did you make belief reality? Um, as far as doing stand-up comedy or um, your whole journey of uh, who of who you see yourself as? I think it's just you know God putting the right people in my life at the right times. Like you know, you know some people have fallen out in my life, but you know he would. Move me to somebody that would just kind of like either give me more confidence than than I even know I had. And I mean, the key was just confidence. Just like they're saying stuff that I'm not even saying. I'm just doing, but they're telling me like, you know, like yo, you you know, they made they kind of built me up. You know, so I just felt like I consider those people like angels. You know, right? Like, you know, these are angels that was kind of put in my life to kind of lead me to where I keep going. So. Um, yeah, just you know, more, more of the people around me, the positive people that that help me build confidence. That was, that was always my issue. So, how did you become not just a stand-up comedian, but how did you come uh, with the opportunity to open up your own comedy club? Like, this is a story and a half. I got to know. It's kind of crazy because. So I started doing stand-up comedy at like 20. Um, I'm 40 now, so this is my 20th year. Wow. And um, like I was having so much fun on stage. I was just loose and saying, I'm like, oh, I can say whatever I want. And I was, you know, just playing around, just getting the biggest laughs. And then, you know, after a while, it took a toll. I was like, oh, this is a business. This is kind of cutthroat. Okay. I hate the business part. I quit stand-up. So I, um, I was just real low on stand-up because I didn't realize all the stuff that you really had to do to make it. And there's like a lot of people that weren't really funny, but they were excellent in business. And they were just like, just, you know, they're able to see the world. They were just living a great life. So I hated the business part. Um, and I was going to quit. And then I kind of, kind of took it, um, took it in my own hands and just start doing my own shows the way I wanted to do them at different locations, like different places, whether it's a bar uh restaurants or whatever and it's kind of figuring out the production side of it and i kind of started you know liking producing shows um to the point to where um it, it became a skill a skill that i had was to produce shows and to get people in in the shows and you know it'd be like a quality show as good as the comedy club it's just not at the comedy club so uh started doing that for years i ended up meeting a guy in my defensive drive one of my defensive driving classes and he was a dj and he ended up um, having some, you know, small portable equipment in class 
and we just started playing around in class, just kind of like, you know, doing like a little show, doing some little rap stuff. And um, we kind of hit it off. And he said that he, he would help me, uh, you know, make my shows even better. Okay, because he, uh, he had like a military background. So he was, you know, he had a different discipline than I had. Right. So he was able to add that element to what I was already doing. And like the shows just, just kind of took off. Wow. So um, it made me start appreciating, appreciating the business side a little more when I was able to kind of control more things myself. And um, we ended up doing it at this one place that we became really successful at. But um, I don't know, something happened to where we built it up and then they gave it to somebody else. And it just seemed real, like, not fair. So we came up with the idea to maybe get like a little spot, like our own little place, rent a little a little room, and we'll do comedy spots in a little room. And that was the plan. And then that plan just started growing into like, hey, I think we can open an actual comedy club. Like, why not? And um, he had more more belief in it than me. Okay. I didn't think it was possible. Like, yeah, if it was that easy, everybody would have did it. But, you know, that, that's why I give him most of the credit because, you know, he's older, he's experienced, he's done some stuff. So, um, you know, he, he's, ex, he's military. So, I don't know if he was able to put our, our, um, our skills together and make it happen. And uh, that's kind of how I fell into it. And now, now it's more of a payoff of, you know, everything that the business did to my soul, I feel like it's, it's helped, you know, bring it back. Like, okay, like I, I get it now. Like, you know, I'm able to appreciate the business side a lot more now that I'm on this side. That is beautiful. Like I'm listening to what you're saying and it's like, okay, you hated the way that it was as an industry, as the standard. So right. you said, uh-uh, it, it almost made you want to quit, but you took it and you made it your own. Yeah. And you collaborated with good people who believed in you and believed that, hey, we can make this however we want to make it. And th that right there, that right there is foundational because somebody's listening and they're going to be like, oh, OK, so I can take what it is, you know, because we have to transcend whatever. So if somebody is dealing with something totally different they can take this and say okay well he took the industry and made it and shaped it into something that fits that you can be proud of that you can love man that's gold that's gold that is gold uh i'll tell you what that was a wonderful experience that i've had in your facility and you know I applaud you and all your efforts. Um, what would you uh, like to share with the listeners uh, about what's on your horizon and where they can interact with you either online or locally? Um, well, yeah, we're, you know, we're still growing. Our, our, our main thing is, you know, trying to trying some different stuff, trying to, you know, San Antonio is so, um, I feel like we don't take enough chances. So, you know, I'm trying different things that have actually been working. Um, you know, where, uh, you know, we had like a little, like a, a track and paint thing where, you know, we had a DJ and people were painting, listening to music. That's um, cool. You know, different like karaoke brunch events have been cool. So, um, yeah, I just want people just to continue following us on social media and, uh, you know, checking out the website as we keep growing and 
you know, adding new stuff. So it's not just the same old thing. You know, it's something, something different to uh, enhance the city and the culture. Well, I know personally that you've taken risks and and opened up the doors uh, as the event that you hosted uh, for for the Black Business San Antonio was that's just opening up your doors and uh, allowing all the different entrepreneurs to get to know who you are, to get to know what you're about and introducing them to the world of comedy because a lot of people they they don't really know what it's like uh they don't know firsthand uh especially out here being the first black owned comedy club like it was different and i enjoyed myself and i was comfortable and it's just an amazing experience uh to be in your world in the comedy club. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, man. I'm glad that I met you during that event. I mean, the, your, your energy, your positive energy is, you know, is like no other. So thank you. I didn't know what to expect. I was just kind of, you know, meeting new people, but um, like, you know, saying if I think anybody that talks to you, they're going to walk away feeling good. Like <laughs> I'm happy. I just said hello to this man. I appreciate you for that. For real. For real. For real. Um, Very good times. Um, What is the uh, email address or what is or or what's the website? And I'll post it after. But just so that the people know uh, the name of the comedy club and where you're located, just give a shout out. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Website website is upstagecomedy.com. Um, yeah, you can go to the website. Uh, we're located uh, off of 35 and 410 um, area. The address is 4441 Walsham Road. Um, we're doing open mics on Mondays, uh, Thursday through Sunday. We normally have comedy shows every first Thursday of the month. We have like the largest poetry uh, show in the city. Uh, it's, it's amazing. The energy is it's, it's like, man, it's just a great experience. So if you like poetry, come check that out. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm still working on some new stuff. Uh, I'm about to set up like a jazz and uh, jazz and jokes type thing. Woo! It'll be a nice, you know, nice little grown and sexy event where you get some some of the best jazz musicians from out of town, comedians mix it together. So, um, you know, some for the grown people. I felt like after the pandemic, it really affected like a like a 35 and up crowd the most. Like, yeah. They didn't come out as much, so I'm trying to right. have a comfortable environment so they can get out the house more too. So, well, thank you for expanding our horizons. Uh, belief in visionaries, power plugs. If you're local, come check the Upstage Comedy Club out. Come see Mr. B. Smitty in person. Oh, phenomenal, phenomenal man, and in example to what it means to be community uh, okay oh, share one more thing absolutely i just remembered uh so i'm still a performer um i do comedy and poetry kind of kind of mixed together so uh december 30th and december 31st i do like a special it's called damage control it's going to be part two so where you get like a mix of basically i'm just putting all my talents together in one and we'll do like a like a recording and uh, just have a have a real good time. That's what's up. Check 
him out. Check out the Comedy Club. Support what feeds your community, y'all. Thank you again for coming on the show. Uh, Looking forward to all the wonderful things that you have and that you're bringing to this city. Uh, Thanks again. And everybody stay connected and stay uplifted. Take change the narrative in your life. Take the next step. Invest in yourself and book a life strategy coaching session with me at www.beliefinteriordesign.com. Let's start the journey of making belief reality.